This is Debbie, and welcome to another brand new episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to live their best life and become location independent. This week, I speak with Andy Steves, who is the founder and chief backpacker of Weekend Student Adventures. Andy grew up traveling Europe with his family and tagging along with dad Rick Steves while he created content for his guidebooks, hosted his TV show, and led tours. Andy didn't set out to become a travel entrepreneur, but he saw a need in the market while traveling and studying abroad in college. He realized that students wanted to see the sights and have fun on the weekends in order to blow off steam after a long week of hard work. So Andy created WSA after graduating from Notre Dame in 2010 and has since led countless of tours, written several books, including his most recent, Andy Steves Europe, City Hopping on a Budget. And today he continues to travel the world as a nomadic entrepreneur. I'm so excited to share all of Andy's incredible knowledge and travel and how real world experiences are crucial to success. Listen on to find out all of Andy's tips and tricks. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm here with Andy Steves. Hey, Andy. Hey, Debbie. How's it going? Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited to have you and for you to be talking to us about all of the incredible knowledge that you have. Oh, thanks. I'm excited to be here. It's uh, it's always fun to speak to, to my people, to our crowd. And you've been traveling a lot. I know you're in Colombia right now, so that must be so exciting. Oh my gosh, it's nonstop. Since uh, February, I've been on the road touring Europe, uh, leading Paddy's Day in Dublin, spending some time here in Medellin in Colombia, and yeah, I head back over to Europe end of August. So the adventure continues. I'm going to live right curiously through you because I'm stuck here in New York and not traveling like you. <laughs> That's a pretty international city, so hopefully you can uh, you can travel while staying home. Absolutely, yeah. There's so much more to see. So, Andy, you have a lot of experience with travel, and obviously you have so much that you can give us tips and tricks and all of that. Can you fill in the gaps on your story and why you live an offbeat life? Sure. So where do I start? I guess um, uh, my family. So I was born into Rick Steves' family. I was his uh, his first kid of two. I have a little baby sister, Jackie, who now teaches uh, English in high school. She's 28 years old. She's no longer a baby. But um, I'll always think of her that way. But anyways, uh, we grew up traveling with my dad throughout Europe every summer of our lives, from once in the womb to even uh, when I was still a baby, growing up uh, through the terrible twos and up into high school. When I was an undergrad at Notre Dame, I worked as an assistant tour guide for his company. So we would go from Rome to, to Paris and over two weeks. And I do that over and over during the summers of my freshman and sophomore years. Then I had the chance to study abroad. And that was an incredible experience. And it showed me a completely different side of Europe, being able to actually live somewhere in Europe. I chose Rome and uh, I had the best time of my life. And I just wanted to see what I could do to continue that, uh, that lifestyle. And I don't want to get too wordy here, but I uh, mm -hmm. went back to Notre Dame, uh, finished my undergrad, but worked on this idea for weekend tours for students abroad in Europe, put that into a business plan and kind of fleshed out the idea in a couple competitions. Well, we won first place in Notre Dame's business plan competition. So I was like, okay, I got to give this a shot.
shot. And this was back in 2010. So we've been running these tours ever since. And I've been so fortunate to have connected with a great team of local guides and travel professionals who have helped me kind of take WSA, my company, Weekend Student Adventures, to the next level. Since then, I've run a podcast. I wrote uh, two editions of my guidebook. We have a great YouTube channel, building up our Instagram, all sorts of stuff. So there's, uh, there's never enough time in the day. Obviously, you didn't live in a normal family. My background is in travel, and I have a lot of friends who are travel bloggers. And one of the things, one takeaway from all of this experience and from the people that I've spoken to is that travel, usually for people in the industry, is no longer leisure. It's for work. And this is not just something that came up to you when you were in college. You've lived with this your whole life with your dad, obviously. Everyone knows Rick Steves. How were you able to continue into the travel industry, even knowing all the background and the back end of this stuff? And what led you to continuing this legacy that your dad started? The great thing about working in tourism is that if you do a good job, uh, your clients, your tour members, the people that you're showing around are going to be having a life-changing experience. It's going to totally shake their worldview. And I think these days it's so important to go out and actually learn on the road uh, and learn outside the classroom. I think connecting across international boundaries is so important. And that's why I feel so fortunate to be doing something that I believe in, in the intrinsic value of, but also um, something that can help people just have plain have a have a good time on their vacations in terms of why I chose this or what led me I think it's really it was a, a decision that I didn't want to necessarily fall into but it was something that that I've been really fortunate to to have this background and have this experience to kind of hit the ground running with my own tour company I know you mentioned that you had gone into a contest in college, but before you even went into that, what were the first steps that you took in order to realize this goal that you had to start this company? Well, I think number one is recognize the need, right? And understand your market. Well, I was studying abroad in Rome in the spring of 2008, and my friends and I we were having the time of our lives. We were having a good time in Rome. We were barely making our classes. We were still turning in our papers. Um, but on the weekends, we realized, holy cow, we could hop on a cheap flight and go to Dublin, to Paris, to Prague. Why not? And so that's when I realized that there was a phenomenon uh, of traveling on the weekends uh, while you're studying abroad because Europe is at your fingertips. And so the first trip that I organized with me and my friends was maybe like five of my close friends. We went to Venice for Carnivale. Um, And then spring break, we went down to Sicily and a few more friends tagged along. So it was like 12 or 15. But by the end of the semester, it was over 30 friends, but also also random acquaintances tagging along with wherever I was organizing a trip to because they knew that they would see more and save money and uh, have a better time when they went with somebody who knew what they were doing. And so that's when I realized, okay, there's a need and I am the market. I understand the priorities well. You want to experience a city, have a good time, learn a little bit about the history and the culture, of course, um, but it's also your hard-earned weekend. So you got to have some fun too. So I kind of took this approach and template to each of these cities that we designed tours for. And then I started crunching some numbers just to see, is this a feasible business idea? And the numbers added up, at least on paper. And so, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, let's let's go for it. Let's see what will happen. Because the worst that could happen is it, it, was cr- it would crash and burn and, and I'd have a lot of great life lessons and experiences. And the best that could happen is continuing the dream. So I've, I felt, again, fortunate and lucky to bring this background, have that intimate market experience 
experience and knowledge, and uh, and we've been doing our best ever since to to help students continue to make the most of their their semester abroad. It's amazing how you're able to combine something that you really enjoy already, which is traveling to becoming your business now. I know a lot of people have a lot of issues or fears in doing that and thinking it's not going to work, especially if it's something that's out of their realm. How were you able to do that if you had fears? Were there any insecurities that stopped you or made you pause for a little bit? And how do you usually go beyond that and towards your goals? It was the kind of the uh, a conflicts of a few different circumstances. So this was in 2009, 2010. And the economy was just like tanking and none of my friends or I were hoping to actually get the jobs that we wanted out of college or the jobs that we studied for. So I was kind of reading the writing on the wall thinking, okay, it's going to be a grind one way or another. And I have this experience. I saw this opportunity. Why not give it a try? So um, I just, I recognized that I had very little to lose and all to gain. So again, I was in a pretty lucky situation where I graduated without any debt. Debt, student debt. I um, I didn't have many responsibilities per se. Um, I was like, why not just see if I can make it happen? And I know I recognize a lot of people are in different situations. And of course, it's definitely a challenge to go from a dependable job or uh, kind of a set routine into something that's completely unknown. But for the right people, that's something that that is a uh, an incredible and life-changing learning experience starting a business and, and uh, seeing what you can make of it. That's the beauty about being young with no responsibilities, right? Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you make a lot of mistakes along the way, but it's something that you're always going to remember and learn from. Now, let me ask you, Andy, what were you studying in school and was there any other thing that you kind of wanted to get into before starting your company now? Um, so I was majoring in industrial design and Italian language and literature. So with Italian, the first two years I was learning how to speak and communicate in Italian, but the next three were spent uh, reading like ancient Italian scripts. I, I wouldn't do that again. But with <laughs> industrial design, I was learning how to basically create an aesthetic shell around uh, and consumer products like the printer on your table or your blender in the kitchen or your fridge or your washer and dryer. All those appliances, they look pretty cool these days. And that's because of industrial designers working with engineers to make form and function come together. Um, so I was planning on doing a master's in yacht design, designing boats out of college. But instead, this opportunity to start this business came around. And I figured, you know what, university for a master's degree will always be there. Uh, it's something that I can fall back on if this thing with WSA doesn't work out. But um, it's worked out. So I haven't had the chance or the time to go back. And I've been uh, just fine with that. I don't have any qualms. It was a good backup plan, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> School is always going to be there. You can always go back to it. So that's yeah. always on the table for you. And you got to be careful. I think a lot of my friends fell back onto, oh, well, I'll just go to master's and then I'll get a PhD. And if you graduate at 30 with no real world experience, it's going to be hard for an employer to really see the value in that your qualifications on paper. So I'd really encourage everybody to take a couple of years off and at least try something in order to get that experience before you continue your education. And then most of the time when I meet people and they're extremely successful like you, it's things that they actually learned outside of school 
school that yeah. allowed them to learn all the knowledge that they have. So you're so right. In real world learning, what you're getting is completely different from classroom experience. And mm -hmm. it's so much more valuable in a lot of ways. So it's great that you're able to do that and continue with it. And now you have this incredible, successful company from it. Uh, well, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the kind words. <laughs> so what does your average day look like? You're traveling all over the place. You have this company. Can you run us through what it is? I don't have an average day per se, but um, for the last eight years, I've been designing and developing weekend itineraries to some of Europe's top cities from London to Dublin, Amsterdam, Paris, Prague, Krakow, Budapest, Rome, Barcelona, Madrid, some of Europe's most exciting cities I've been able to spend time in, designed weekend itineraries that would help you kind of see the most, the key sites that you got to see in any of these cities, like the Colosseum in the Vatican in Rome or Eiffel Tower in the Louvre in Paris. Um, I know that if it's your first time in these cities, you're going to want to see those sites. But I also want to make sure and show you kind of the off the beaten path neighborhoods, take you to local farmers markets and, and any number of things that are specific to a city. So I really try to pick out the most exciting experiences. So I'd been running that for six, seven years. And then I realized, why not put all these notes and all this information into a book? And the second edition of my guidebook, Andy Steve's Europe City Hopping on a Budget, came out in April of 2018. Uh, so you can definitely check that out on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And of course, I always encourage supporting your local bookstore. But uh, in that, you have 13 itineraries for my favorite cities in Europe, plus some information about eats, top sleeps, nightlife areas, and more. So you should definitely check that out. That's what I've really been focusing on for the last couple of years is, is writing and improving and updating the guidebook. It's incredible how you're able to put all of these together because you've been traveling so much. So you know so many things about all of these different cities. So we'll definitely check that book out. Thanks for that. You've been an entrepreneur for a while now. What's the one thing that you wish you knew before becoming an entrepreneur and a freelancer? Oh, geez. Um, everything takes twice as long as you expect and costs twice as much. <laughs> <laughs> so and all of your projections that you might be making, they're going to cut those by half or probably two thirds. And maybe that's the revenue that you can expect, um, at least for the first several years. It's really easy to kind of get excited on in Excel. But what you got to really focus on for any entrepreneur is keeping your overhead low. Don't sign up for all these subscription economies that are that are popping out and employ those who you can but you really don't want to bring people on and then fire them by running out of cash so check out those sites like Fiverr that um, allow for kind of contract work I developed my new uh, logo for Andy Steve's travel on 99designs where you can go up and and you get to post your brief your project description online and then people pitch you and I get the sense it's just a bunch of kids in the Philippines <laughs> um, but these are great graphic designers who, if they do a good job, then, you know, they'll win two weeks of uh, a work pay by banging out a couple logos for some gringos over here in the West. And so um, uh, if you are uh, attuned to those kind of one-off uh, project opportunities, you can really save some cash that way. My main advice is keep your overhead as low as possible and uh, avoid um, building up all sorts of responsibilities. Then you're obligated to hit a revenue uh, threshold. And you don't want to be in debt, too, because of your no. business. And especially when you're young and you're starting out, you don't want to be in debt because of that. Besides the schooling, you may be in debt. <laughs> 
with as well. I would not recommend starting a company up on credit cards uh, unless you maybe dig into a credit card if you've got it like a paid order. But that's the only situation that I would work with that. You just don't want to dig yourself into a hole. Um, and then a lot of entrepreneurs can become sentimental about their baby, their their business. And you just got to know when to pull the plug as well. So I've, I've had to pull the plug on certain cities, destinations, itineraries. And it's tough because you spend a lot of time and effort developing them. But if they're not tuned for the market as it as it is today, then they're no good to anybody. Yeah, I think also that's the hardest part is when you really believe in something and there's no audience to it, you have to learn. Maybe it's not the right time yet for it. So what has been the biggest setback that you've encountered and how do you usually handle them? An entrepreneur's path is full of setbacks. I mean, that's something that you're just going to have to get used to. And the thing about these setbacks is they're going to be devastating and it's going to be hard to get up in the morning a lot of times. The magnitude of the challenges that you might face. That being said, you just got to be able to expect that and and roll with it. For us, uh, with Weekend Student Adventures, we provide amazing tours to students studying abroad in Europe, but the administrators are the ones who control our access to that market. And mom and dad, more often than not, back home are paying for the trip. So to deliver one service, to deliver one tour, we have to make three different stakeholders happy. We have to provide a great tour, of course, but also educational value and, and safety value to the parents and to the administrators. And so that uh, a lot of times those three stakeholders have opposing or priorities that are at tension. Students want to go out and party till the sunrise in Barcelona. That's totally cool. But administrators might have second thoughts about that. And so we got to walk that fine line. And that's been uh, an ongoing challenge uh, based on our business model. You're still doing it. So you're finding ways to go around it or figure it out. So that's also another part of being an entrepreneur is trying to make it work even when it's not how you thought it would be. You got to constantly adapt to the situation at hand. You can't be stuck on the business plan that won the the Notre Dame business plan competition. Those numbers and that plan went out the window as soon as I hit the ground because uh, business is just different than you expect. And there's nothing that you can do uh, to really anticipate it. Do your best to plan, understand your market, understand what your product or service is going to be, know how to clearly communicate that value. But beyond that, you just got to go for it if you feel right. So there's a lot of spent on business plans, but uh, it's nice to actually have some action. And what I'm trying to say is reality, you can never predict it. So you, you just got to go for it and see what happens. And that's why real world experiences is so valuable because that's mm-hmm. how you're going to learn all of these things. So Andy, what has been the worst advice you have ever received? We as Americans, when we pack, for example, we want to come prepared for everything that might happen on the road. And so that led to me for years carrying tons of, you know, carrying my full bottle of allergy meds or like a brand new deodorant or a full tube of toothpaste at the beginning of each trip. And putting all that together really added up to quite a bit of extra weight, you know. And so um, what I've realized in, in the recent years is that I just need a handful, you know, a couple weeks worth of anything that I need because as I go... I either use it and then it's easy for me to pick up some more or um, I don't use it and then I'm not lugging around all that extra weight. Recently, I've saved a lot of weight by minimizing as much as I can while I while I travel and, and pack. I think we all fall victim into overpacking everything and then we don't realize that if we go to other places, other countries, they also have similar things or exactly mm-hmm. the same things that you can buy there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hundreds of millions of people, you know, billions of other people go throughout their lives with exactly what they need around the globe. Just because it's not the American brand that we're used to doesn't, uh, you know, that that's the only thing that's going to be different. You are doing a lot. You have your business and you're traveling everywhere and you're meeting a lot of people. How are you able to stay productive when you're always on the go? Oh, it's hard. It's very hard. And it's not um, something that I'm always necessarily good at. I've been on the road for the last six weeks, um, leading, helping my dad lead some of his tours over the summer and getting a chance to kind of see how their system works. Uh, I figured I could learn a few things. I was moving every other day and concentrating on communicating the history and cultural lessons that I had to do for this tour, rather than being able to respond to emails and, and write up content. So it's not something that I'm perfect at, but what I'm always trying to do is uh, to stay productive. What I need is a table. I need some coffee uh, in the afternoon, probably a beer. And I just plug away wherever I might find myself. Airbnb has been a great resource for me to find kind of a home base while on the road. I can have a fridge, a microwave and a coffee machine. So that usually fits the bill for me. That's one way that I've stayed on top of my game while uh, while traveling. Feeling comfortable in your space. You can't really get that in a lot of places. And if you find that, that definitely makes you more productive. So having a mentor is really important in any career, any business, and you have the perfect one, your dad. <laughs> what has been the biggest lesson that you've learned from him? It's important to have a, uh, uh, a mentor for sure. My problem is my niche is so specific that it's so hard to get real world experienced advice. I've had uh, great mentors for my business, uh, structure in the company, kind of the numbers side of things, and then some others with respect to tourism. But my niche is so specific and unforgiving. There's nothing else really like it. I know that might be hard to believe, but at least in my experience, it's been really hard finding somebody with similar experience in the similar space. My dad started his company when it was the Wild West. He could get away with anything. He could bring a busload of people into a city like Paris or Rome on the weekends and still find open beds, enough for 20 people at a good price. Today, you can't do that. If I did that with my tours, oh my gosh, uh, we'd be way out in a, on a campsite in the next town, I think, in the suburbs. For sure, there's nobody else who could have taught me better than my dad on how to travel Europe and set up a tour company. But when it comes to the practical things, he employs 106 people back in Edmonds, which is just north of Seattle. So he's very, not detached, but he focuses much more on content generation, writing his books, creating his radio show than the actual mechanics of the of the company these days. Uh, it's been great growing up with I, everything I know I picked up from traveling with my dad, my travel philosophy, my style, my commitment to a quality experience that isn't too generic for our tours. But beyond that, yeah, I've had to definitely blaze my own trail a little bit. So you have to do a lot of different things for your business, and one of them is marketing. What has been the biggest marketing strategy that you've used that has worked for you? For us, it's been, uh, like I was saying, um, the administrators uh, of our three stakeholders for our market, we've developed good relationships with many of them, and we asked them if we can uh, join their orientation program and provide their students some practical tips to kind of stay safe and engage with local cultures while they're studying abroad. And then by the end of the talk, what we do is we do a kind of a soft sell. So we explain, here's all the things that you need to do and keep in mind in order to travel well independently. And and we list them out and it's about 40 minutes of exciting things, but also things that are really important that you got to remember. 
or you can travel with us. Um, and here's our website. And so that's been our primary way to reach our market is by kind of doing this soft sell travel skills talk that, that students really enjoy. And they find it very motivating uh, a lot of times to kind of create their own adventure. It's really easy to kind of fall into a routine while you study abroad, just like, okay, Thursday nights is beer stein night at, at so-and-so's and then Friday is karaoke. The study abroad experience can be so much more than that. And so I, I'm really passionate about these talks that I give and it's been our primary way to, to sell to our market. The niche that you have is really incredible and there's so many people right now in school that want to do study abroad and need your business to help them along with that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and until inevitably one of their students gets lost or <laughs> get pickpocketed while on the road or has some bed bugs and then or a administrator changes and then we're back to square one. And, and so, you know, it's it's been a, a blessing and a curse in that. We know exactly how to reach our target market, but it's not an easy uh, shell to crack. It's always an up and down every every day, I'm sure, with you and your business. <laughs> how are you able to create income at the start and how do you continue to do that today? We generate the majority of our revenue through selling our tours, uh, our weekend trips up at uh, wsaeurope.com. We run something called detours, which are independent packages that include your accommodation and your sightseeing. So you basically book on a day, and that helps us know when to make reservations for the hostel or the Airbnb or a hotel as you request. And then we populate that information into a 10-page kind of info sheet about the city that you're going to see, um, along with the barcodes for your reservations at the two key sites as well. So basically you connect the dots at your own speed and those are called detours. And those are for kind of the more independent minded student. Um, so we sell those two packages. We sell the, my, my book, of course, and we do travel consulting. So uh, my team of travel professionals to do a little bit of research and provide you information for a destination that you might not necessarily be familiar with so that's been something else that's been quite successful for us it's great i love when people do packages and there's different ways for them to create income because most people when they start a business they think it's just one stream of income and then we listen to someone like you andy and you have all of these multiple ways to to do that mm -hmm. it's really important to diversify for sure Achieving your goals and your dreams is obviously not easy, and there's a lot of obstacles that come your way. How do you usually handle stress and anxiety throughout your journey? Oh, geez. Um, I like to run. Um, but I go through phases where I'm like running every day for a month, going on hikes, eating healthy. But then there's other times when I'm, you know, having beers by 4.30 p.m. and uh, just enjoying life. And um, in Amsterdam, smoke a doobie or, you know, when I'm back in Seattle where it's legal. So I try to find uh, a balance, everything in moderation and uh, enjoy, enjoy life as it comes. Yeah. However you can do it, right? Yeah. Not, not take yourself too seriously. Let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy do you want to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? <laughs> I haven't uh, I haven't thought of my epitaph quite yet. Uh, I want to play my little part in helping Americans especially open their eyes to the beauty uh, and importance of diversity and recognize that we're a player among many uh, on the globe and we got to uh, respect each other as equals and not be afraid of things that are different, but uh, recognize how different is not better or worse. It's just different. And so if we can not be afraid of that, I think that'll go a long ways towards if I can be so uh, 
uh, naive as to hope for world peace. I mean, I think if everybody understood that people just want to do their best for their families uh, or the majority of people around the world just want the best for their families, then we can um, uh, ho- hopefully end a lot of this conflict that's going on. And that's such a great way to see things and to live life is if mm. you have that positivity and you're just bringing that all over with you when you're traveling, that's always wonderful to do. Let's get to some fun questions. Some people like myself, I nerd out on interviewing and Inspiring people like you, hiking and traveling. What about you, Andy? What do you nerd out on besides travel? Well, my vacation, anytime I'm, you know, have a chance to put the backpack away, that's my vacation is just to lay on the couch. Um, <laughs> I, I got here to, to Medellin and I'm going to spend six weeks here basically prepping for another big tour I'm doing. And so I'm kicking off a three-week tour where I'm leading 28 people all around the continent, which is a, a new approach for me. So I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm going to spend the next six weeks here studying all about Dutch, German, Austrian, Italian, Swiss, and French uh, history, culture, art history, architecture, and more. So I got a lot of work. I got my work cut out for me. But when I'm not uh, studying European history, uh, I love to sail. I love to um, find a charter boat and take it out of whatever port I'm closest to. So recently I had a chance to sail in uh, Lake Garda, which is in the north side of Italy, not far from Lake Como. And then most recently, just in June, I was able to, uh, when my group was in the Cinque Terre, we all had a free day. And I went to La Spezia, chartered a 46-foot sailboat, and took it out and kind of buzzed the Cinque Terre coast, which was so beautiful and so much fun. I have to stay active and I have to keep my brain active. Otherwise, I'm going to be starting to think about what else I need to do for the company. And uh, sailing kind of fits that bill where it, it keeps me busy, keeps me uh, excited. And um, it's something that I, a skill that I can work on and improve. So um, I enjoy that. It's also great that this is what you thought you were going to do, right? Before you started into the travel industry. So you're yeah. kind of getting the best of both worlds now. So Andy, if you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl that you can't sell with the potential to reach millions, what would you fill it with? Oh, geez. I'd probably <laughs> come up with some kind of funny uh, Bigfoot or something, um, <laughs> a, da- a dancing chipmunk. And then at the end, i just flash my andysteves.com. Isn't that what they do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just, uh, uh, yeah, c- come in with a complete curveball and see see if people eat it up or if they hate it. Who knows? But where else would you want to experiment with different ad types but uh, on the biggest platform and on the televised world? Having traveled to so many different places, what has been the most life-changing meeting with a person that has ever happened to you? The great thing about Europe is you can interact with people who have had all sorts of uh, personal connections with uh, 20th century Europe and 19th century Europe. Which is so fascinating. So, um, you know, if I, if I was on a bike ride in, in rural France, like I could just stop and, and talk to um, uh, somebody selling grapes on the side of the road, and uh, you could you could pick up an incredible personal story from uh, from somebody that you just randomly meet. Um, I really enjoy those chance encounters. So I'm always pushing myself to be an extrovert that I'm not necessarily back in the States. And that way you can kind of strike up conversations with the people that you 
find yourself next to. When you come back home, do you kind of just curl up in bed all day? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because you're right. That is your vacation when you're doing too many things. For a lot of uh -huh. people, that's every day. For you, that's completely rare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I just kind of curm it up in, in an apartment <laughs> and catch up on some work and take it easy. Is there any question that you wish people asked you more of? Where do I sign up for your tours? <laughs> where, where can I buy your book? More practical questions about how do I actually get on the road, whatever that might be. Yeah, I'll leave it just like that. How, how to get on the road and how to um, wrap things up at home and say, stay subsistent while you're traveling. So come up with a job maybe that uh, that you can consult or design or freelance from anywhere and uh, and pay, pay your way while traveling. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun to dig into. We all want to hear about that, too. So <laughs> Andy's going to talk more about that during our extended interview. So make sure you listen to that as well. So, Andy, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Check us out at andysteves.com. That's A-N-D-Y-S-T-E-V-E-S.com. And I'm also trying to grow the Instagram uh, platform. So that's Andy Steves Travel. Um, that's where I post uh, some, some of those great shots from my travels. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andy. I really appreciate you talking to us today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's been great. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Andy Steves. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's TheOffBeatLife.com to get the extended interview with Andy where he shares how to achieve great travel on a budget. Hey, Offbeat family, I really appreciate you listening to this episode. I would love to hear more from you and what you think of the podcast suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, or maybe you just want to be friends. Why don't we chat some more on Facebook at The OB Life or send me a message at hello at theoffbeatlife.com. I can't wait to hear from you. 